Welcome back to Schizotopia. As always, I'm Axel Cody, and joining me today, the history homos. Hello. Homo, <laughs> homo number Hello. one, joining us from England, the king of England himself, Sir William. And homo number two, joining us from New Jersey, the king of the oh, Jews himself. Sorry. I'm not from New Jersey. Everyone thinks I'm from New Jersey because that's where all the Jews Didn't live. you say you're from New Jersey? No, I'm from Massachusetts. Um, but you don't live in New Jersey. No, I've never been to New Jersey. <laughs> You've never been to New Jersey once in your life? Nope. <laughs> you didn't tell me you were from New Jersey. No, I don't know. Maybe this is a, a, a that we had. This is one of those like uh, Philip K. Dick alternate worlds. That we're meeting. <laughs> it's one of those awkward. If if it was your girlfriend uh, saying, wait a minute, you said you're from New Jersey. It would be wise to say, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm from New Jersey because then it would ultimately lead to say, wait a minute. You've been you've been uh, hanging around with some girl who you told was you weren't from New Jersey. Right. I know that game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just doing this again. Joining <laughs> us from Massachusetts, the king of the Jews, Mr. Scott Homo Abrams, Esquire. How are you guys? I prefer consigliere of the Jews, but, course, uh, but I, I'll, I'll accept the, uh, the monarch title. I suppose, um, I suppose this, the key uh, to all of what we're talking about tonight is um, sort of the, uh, the opposite of of monarchy it's really uh although it incorporates monarchs it is really like the true um in, encapsulation or the, the platonic ideal of synarchy all right before we get into any of that <laughs> what we're talking about tonight is cecil Rhodes. from what i understand uh you guys are very very into cecil Rhodes. um i noticed you close your episodes with take the roads pill um so i've been trying to do some roads homework I, I don't fully understand it. I'm not I'm not able to put together all of the pieces for this grand um, Rhodes pilling that I'm anticipating. So I guess question number one is, who is Cecil Rhodes? Can you give us his basic biography uh, without getting into the weird stuff just yet? Sure. Um, Cecil Rhodes um, is the guy. Uh, this is a, one of my the most mainstream conspiracy theories is the the fact that the De Beers Diamond Company owns all of the diamonds in the world and only releases a certain amount every year in order to retain the value of the diamonds. It's pretty much every person in America has knows this pretty fairly uh, mainstream fact. Cecil Rhodes is the man behind the uh, De Beers Company, and uh, that is probably what he is best known for. 
Um, but he is uh, a man uh, who was not of high birth in England, which was often a sign of your one success in the uh, British uh, civil service and whatnot. Uh, but he was actually a regular guy, uh, the son of an Anglican uh, minister. Minister? What do they call it, Will? Uh, I, it always says Anglican clergyman, whatever you read. So it could be anything from bishop to uh, vicar True. or rector even. But <clears throat> yeah, it was, I would imagine, some kind of vicar uh, from Bishop Stortford and in, uh, in England. He was a puny little wee, sickly, sickly gay boy, sickly younger son. Yeah, who got what, what, to... what year is this? Where are we? Oh, he was born in 1853. Um, and uh, he moved as early as 17 years old to South Africa because that was kind of what uh, people did in uh, in Britain at the time during the imperial era was you'd send your kids abroad so they could sort of like have a life. And like make a living. Yeah, even as like like a guy like Raul Dahl, for instance, uh, got, ended up going to Tanzania as soon as he left university to work for Shell. Like there were all these. I, I'm always bemoaning the fact that the new, the new improved neoliberal empire basically differs from its pro- previous shape in that. There aren't cool opportunities for mediocre guys like me to go off to Birmingham railway station or something and make a good living. All right, but the we got to get the biography of Rhodes oh, in sure. before we get into the weird <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like yeah. Just the basics <laughs> for people who have never heard about this guy before, um, uh, who are wondering why the well, shaker is still. He was a dumpy alec- alcoholic gay guy um, who basically grabbed uh, Africa by the pussy. Yeah. By the pussy. (laughs) By the pussy, yes. What I thought was interesting, what I thought was interesting is that he's doing all of this as a young man who came from, like you said, he doesn't come from the aristocracy. He comes from the lower classes. Mm -hmm. And he's able to do all of this. And he kind of, he he has this sort of like, almost as much as you can be, kind of like a, a... Made British in imperial, story? <laughs> no, no, like a British imperial rock star kind of story, a kind of live fast, sure. die young empire uh, imperialist yeah, type of thing, um, which I, you know, for, from a certain perspective, kind of based, kind of cool, okay, kind of exciting, kind of a, a sure. compelling life story, but it it gets it gets ugly, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, he pulled himself up by his bootstraps with uh, with no more than three million pounds of investment oh, no. from the Rothschilds. <laughs> <laughs> He was able to become the richest man in the world. Yeah, it just so happens that he courted the favor of the most powerful central banking family in the entirety of Europe and arguably the world. Um, but uh, anyway, so he, he got, got a in small with- loan from the Illuminati. Okay. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> really, though. But it's, um, it, it's interesting that that kind of the um, it's hard to say what the early life is because he, he, he started off with the diamond mining business age like 18 years old right yeah and we're already in control of the entire diamond industry of the world by the age of about 22 or something like that yeah so it's like i I assume that very quickly so it just very quickly moved on from the plucky upstart phase into Okay, I'm I'm this young asshole who now dominates the diamond industry. So this part was kind of confusing to me. And you know, Illuminati bucks aside, 
Um, was it just incredible luck that he happened to hit a diamond vein in uh, South Africa? Well, he was he was in Kimberley where they were pick, basically picking up diamonds in the street and it just okay. kind of eternal angloed his way into being in charge of it all. It was more yeah. just that there was not, because uh, I actually looked it up, the whole continent of Africa in 1900 only had 140 million people. Um, right. And maybe, yeah, this was just the, the era where you could just sail to the far tip of yeah. the world and walk in and say, okay, I'm king of the diamonds now. Yeah, Pretty I much. mean, it does. It does seem a little bit convenient, doesn't it? That that it's possible to dominate, to go to like. It, it, imagine a guy going to California and dominating the gold business. It, just a few. I mean, a it's of literally before that. It's, it's literally weird. there will be blood, but in Africa. <laughs> Actually, what I was thinking of is uncut gems. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but <laughs> it's a little this, bit more. This is the this is like the, that. Yeah, this is the yeah. British. This is the British imperial uncut gems, <laughs> uh, a grifter grind set. Yeah, but yeah. he he becomes king of the diamonds. Okay, he becomes king of the diamonds in South Africa, and I think by age thirty three, he's like one of the richest men yeah. ever. His, they, I believe the uh, the exact um, its phraseology was he had uncountable wealth. <laughs> <laughs> he's diamond um, yeah. Bezos. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and at so this age, I'm he's sorry, like the, you... he's like the prototype for this. Uh, would you even call it capitalist? This kind of um, what do they call them? robber baron uh, ol- kind of uh... robber baron olig Russian oligarch yes, type, that's a great uh, guy who is controlling the government. Now it's open uh, more and more lately. I've I've been wondering about the dichotomy of uh, did, did Cecil Rhodes have his hands on the levers of power or was he a lever of power? Uh, uh, was he just a, a kind of some kind of cipher? But I mean, I don't know. You can talk about that till you blue you're blue in the face but he basically politically took over south africa as well right. and, and it's difficult from my growing up in the 80s view to see that that makes any difference but in those days that was where all the the money was being found and he he orchestrated and kind of bought and tricked the british government against the wishes of the sovereign uh, who was Queen Victoria at the time, so into the, having numerous wars with various African, uh, whatever you call it, tribes, he, and ultimately the Boer War. He decides, right, he decides to pick a fight with the Afrikaners, with the, with the Transvaal people, who are sort yeah. of, yeah. I guess they're kind of in Which his way. The, yeah, but it's not the first fight that he picks. Yeah. He, he's he's been manipulating the, the British uh, government by being it's part a, of it. And like they say, like, the difference between the British government and the South African government is this is not really. If you're the African chief who he who whose land Cecil Rhodes wants, it's pretty difficult to. It's a pretty blurred line. Of what what's the South African government and what's the British government? Because it's basically just a chartered company anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but it's got these, the you know they had the pretense of a local parliament and all that kind of stuff for what it was worth. But these these systems. Like, so if, if you study the origins of the Boer War and the the other wars that happened in South Africa, like the Zulu War and stuff like that, it was the, if you want the deep state going out of control and going rogue, British Crown didn't actually want these wars to happen. They were manoeuvred into it by their guys on the ground who were in the pay of Cecil Rhodes. Right. And by the way, he did this, you know, and, and for all his bluster to be like, oh, it's it's for the British Empire, the British, the Anglo race is the master race for all this. 
bluster that he has at the end of the day, the only guy he was looking out for was Cecil Rhodes and his investors. Yeah. Um, What's funny is people don't know this, that that's where the term filibuster comes from. It's back in the day where you and guys, you know, you and your militia buddies would go try to take over a little South African country or, um, or South South American country or something like that. And then try to get an empire uh, to back you up, basically Uh, force the hand, kind of like a Imperial entrepreneur, um, uh, type of thing and um that's from what i can tell it's what Aaron cecil Burr was, was doing. into that with mexico if right yeah exactly um sounds like cecil's down in south africa doing a lot of filibustering 100 percent, yeah um and you were saying you know he ultimately he's only looking out for himself i thought it was interesting that not only is he uh, a pretty committed racist, but he is specifically like an Anglo supremacist. It's a weird thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the it's English like, really are ta- the best. Yeah. 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 It's taking like the, the, the Aryan, like the Aryan sort of like idea of like a very specific race of people to a, to its like absurd conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Uber, Uber Britannia. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, what a unremarkable group of people to be fucking thinking is the whoa, best. Whoa, right? whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'll give the English more credit than that. So I'm just giving this, him shit because he's... <laughs> <it's him. laughs> the, um, so yeah, there's this, this prototype, and this is part of why I see whether he be in holding the levers of power or whether he be a lever of power. Uh, the it's the the blueprint here in South Africa for how they started World right. War One, because you got I mean, you sent us a video about um, uh, a nineteen seventy one documentary about yeah. Cecil Rhodes, which was pretty interesting actually, and uh, that that sort of showed you how people who were tight Cecil Rhodes ended up in senior military and administrative positions in South Africa, and then for instance. Uh, a, a, an African king had been writing to Queen Victoria and they were intercepting the replies and altering them. Uh, and so th- this was an, the prototype of business interests taking over the deep state and using it to start wars, to, to further their interest. And they did that with the, which, again, if you look into it, the Boer War itself, which is the the ultimate expression of of this pre-world war one anyway was was exactly that they they you had the jameson raid who that jameson was a doctor who was literally a gay op because it was cecil rhodes doing it i want to talk about the jameson raid because that's like the downfall of cecil rhodes and i think he dies not too long after yeah he died in 1902 can you break can you break this raid down for us and how it kind of ended his uh his little diamond empire or at least his his uh, his political. Um, uh, Basically, he got his career. he got his crony to uh, take a load of troops into what I think it was where uh, Zimbabwe is now, isn't it? The, what became Rhodesia? Yeah. Uh, to to pick a fight with some Boers, and they got their asses handed to them, and and so basically, then they had to be bailed out by the British Army, and uh, that was kind of the point of no return for for the Boer War becoming officially sanctioned. But it's, right. it basically just started the war without the, without the British government. They just said, well, we'll just put our own yeah, it was like, army together um, and fuck them up. It was like, uh, literally, not to make too, um, too of a timely reference, 
but um, it was like uh, funding ISIS to uh, in order to get uh, Assad to like respond in kind and then get them into a broader conflict. But well, and, to- and the, the big picture of this is they were they were they were laying the groundwork to start World War One because yes. they had Germany was the Rhodes had this idea of, of the uh, of the yeah. wars. Rhodes okay. wanted to. Now we are getting into the weird stuff. Um, yeah. So how how exactly how exactly does this? Um, and just so if if people missed it, the reason why Rhodesia is called Rhodesia is because of Cecil Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. This is named after Cecil He literally Rhodes. turned the land granted to him under the charter of uh, the South African uh, East Indy Company, um, uh, and turned that into a country, basically yeah. uh, funded entirely by his mines in gold and in uh, diamonds, and it is now the country of Zimbabwe. Yeah. This is something a little bit of a tangent, but this is something I've complained about for years, which is if you have to have like a hyper bourgeoisie and you have to have these crazy um, uh, uber rich with all of this unchecked power, at least they could do something with it. Why don't they start their own countries? Why don't yeah. they build their own yeah. robot armies? Why don't they do why don't they do James Bond shit? But say what you want about Cecil Rhodes. He did actually go make uh, a diamond empire and name a country after himself. So. Yeah, yeah. If you like Rhodesia other... so much, why don't you go live there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. Yeah. <laughs> he loved it. Um, he also, one of his other big things was he wanted to make a Cape to Cairo um, uh, rail line. Super rail, yeah. yeah. And yeah. of course, the, the big threat to that was, uh, and the other, the other big ambition, this, this pays off later on, is to bring... He, he wanted to bring the entire civilized world into the British Empire, which is how he envisaged it at that point. And, and this is like a central point of the Rhodes pill is that the mainstream philosophical, uh, the mainstream historical take on Rhodes is that he wanted to to extend the to, to make the British Empire a global empire. And so, uh, the British Empire is now past its prime, more or less gone. So he failed. But our take on it is. Well, in actual I, fact, he yes. brought America back into the empire. Which yes. Is one of so his... here, this is what was funny when I was reading about this is that I saw that part uh, where you start to go into, you know, Rhodes's uh, fever dream about what he wants yeah. the future of the world to be. And he wants uh, he wants the British Empire to literal be... fever dream, by the way. Yeah. He, wants, <laughs> he wants the British Empire to be the absolute world hegemon. He wants a uh, uh, full scale global uh, full spectrum Britannia, basically. Yeah. And part of that plan was to make some secret league of American intellectuals who would bring the US back into the British Empire. And my first thought was, ha ha, fat chance. And then I started thinking about it. And I was yeah. like, well, actually, that's exactly what the World War has accomplished pretty yeah. much. Yeah. They created an Anglo-American <laughs> empire. Now, yeah. I always saw it as America kind of just absorbed what was left of the British Empire at the end of World War II. What's the difference? <laughs> well, okay. So, and this is maybe this is where the Rhodes Pill is useful because yeah. the way I always thought about it is like the only people who won World War II were the US and the Soviet Union. Everybody else either lost Fair. or survived, right? So Fair. like, you know, the Axis lost, but, you know, Britain and France managed to survive, but their empires are pretty much gone mm-hmm. um, or didn't last very much long, longer after that. And so they just joined, the, you know, the American orbit because they obviously weren't going to join the Soviets, right? And that's how I always thought of it. But then this is where it starts to get weird. Um, you talked a little bit about how Rhodes's adventures, let's call them, in in uh, Africa, kind of um, were um, uh, a prelude or a prologue to World War One to a certain yeah. extent. And then there's also the, this. Some of Rhodes's followers or disciples, right. more or less, they end up forming a, a kind of think tank, secret society thing. Um, and then oh, that's the round where, table. 
Yes. And this is where the history homos thing starts to take on a much more literal meaning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's the suddenly thing about- I saw the connection between history homos and the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, you have to be thing. gay to be in yeah, this. Yeah, you had to be a homo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was got to, and I equate it to, I think this is a pretty apt uh, analogy is that nowadays in the in hyper intelligence, espionage, secret societies uh, of hyper elite rich people, um, the it's all held together with a nice Epstein glue of sexual blackmail, usually related to underage girls. Um, and uh, at the time, uh, first of all, like the more sexual more or the moral, yeah, you know, sexual mores, uh, as far as age goes, were a bit different at the time of, uh, of uh, Cecil Rhodes's uh, era. But uh, one thing was for sure is that it was definitely not cool to be a homo back in his day in Victorian England. So um, to that end, uh, he being a gay guy himself found it uh, pretty good. Uh, policy that they all had to fuck each other um in order to keep a secret <laughs> so this is like all these characters start popping up he's got he's got his sort of younger protege who's named N- N- nelville pickering which sounds oh, yeah 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 his his uh, sounds his, too british uh, to be real but that is apparently what's his name <laughs> right. yeah um and then um, yeah he was um he was like sort of like uh femboy yeah yeah, who who apparently Rhodes uh, left everything to, but I don't think he survived. No, he no. died. Um, I don't know that he would have necessarily left everything to him anyway, because um, he had bigger plans, obviously, in the, I mean, in the, world, the motion. If, if, but, if, um, if that... young Neville had survived uh, and died when he was still the, the beneficiary of the will, the world would be a very different place now. Yeah, probably. Because he probably just would have spent it on Although there would still be state enforced homosexuality. Yeah. (laughs) He's got, he's got this other guy. um, And and this is where it gets into like uh, the, the other connections, Charles Gordon, Charles China Gordon, who went and actually fought in China. um, He uh, sort of mopped up uh, the resistance after the second opium war. Right. um, Which uh, by the way, for those not in the know was kind of instigated by a, um, by a, the Sassoon family who are like these middle Eastern banker Jews who are like cousins of the Rothschilds and intermarried with them a lot of just like a really incestuous here's the thing that now we're starting to get into the central banker shit because as we mentioned before the Rothschilds were the benefit the investors in Rhodes's thing and you're going to find that he's kind of the bag man for these like literally ancient financial institutions uh like the Rothschild family actually um they actually funded the uh William the Conqueror uh invasion of England in 1300s as well yeah 1066 my bad there you so go one historical um, fact I, so yeah I know it, by heart <laughs> of course they teach it in yeah, elementary and this, school there this is what this is what this is where i kind of started to get okay this is why the Rhodes pill is such a big thing with you guys because when you get into the genealogy of all these different people that Rhodes is bumping shoulders with and who he's taking money from and and then going and seeing later what they would go on to do and it's like uh on one hand they're um involved in Rhodes' successor uh, what's his name alfred alfred milner 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 yes milner is like uh instrumental in the balfour declaration in fact the balfour declaration isn't even about 
Balfour. It was actually put together it was entirely actually written by, by Milner. Yeah, yeah, it was written right. entirely by Milner, and uh, it was addressed so whole... to Nathan Rothschild. By the way, <laughs> that's what the declaration was yeah. too. It's like, dear Nathan Rothschild, blah 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 blah. blah so, here's Israel. Fuck this the thing that this thing that William uh, mentioned before, where it's like it's they're just you just speak uh, on behalf of the monarch, or you speak on behalf of the of your. Um, of your superior or of the parliament or whatever, yeah. uh, and you, you just kind of put their stamp on it, but it's your words and you can kind of get yeah. away with whatever you want as long as nobody stops you. Or sure. if you if you instigate something that they can't get out of after the fact, right? Kind of like a, um, better to ask for forgiveness than uh, permission. True, type of thing. true yeah. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go, going back to the fever dream, Right. Yes, the, so, the one world British Empire that yeah. uh, I realized actually is kind of real from a certain perspective. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all just how you look at it. Uh, but this, I mean, the, the world empire dream, does speak English. Yeah, it, it was it was at Oxford University. He had this he, he felt a bit off color and had this dream. He woke up and, and by his own account had this kind of epiphany during this dream was he'd been hanging around with freemasons and stuff like that and he thought well you know the english race are the ultimate uh, uber mention and that and we spend all this time just fucking around rolling one trouser leg up and and with all these brilliant minds just messing around doing the gobbledygook silliness yeah and what we should be doing is devoting that energy and those organizational skills to taking over the entire world and that that was the the central idea behind it and what was standing in the way of that was uh german expansionism because you had well not german yeah i guess expansionism you had german uh, engineering yeah you had germany was a new thing by the way yeah as a yeah bismarck bismarck had just uh, put together the second reich yeah yeah right and so you've got um the you've got germany in um mozambique uh, and I think they were on the other side of Africa about that latitude as well. And they were in the way of this uh, Cape, Cape to Cairo, Cairo railroad, which you wanted to build and still hasn't been built, by the way. So it did fail in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it, 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 from a from a big picture historical perspective, it makes sense. The British Empire had hit its plateau, at least the yeah. British Empire official had hit its plateau. And, you know, Rhodes, if he is. And I, I actually think that these beliefs are sincere. Um, I, I don't think he is just looking out for himself. I think he must have really believed in in some of what he was saying. Well, that's what makes these people so dangerous, isn't it? Like the he's sort of a Bill Gates who really believes that everybody in the world needs or Klaus to, Schwab, yeah, right? If, I don't. If, if Klaus yeah. Schwab really believes what he's doing, it makes him much more dangerous than if he doesn't. And this this is where it gets a little messy for me. But um, before I lose my train of thought, if he's looking at the British Empire and we see today, at least British Empire proper has hit it has had hit its plateau by about 1900. Um, and uh, he's thinking, OK, well, that either it's Britain rules the world, true global Britannia, or we're, we're going into the ditch and seeing America as the best thing to sort of piggyback on or the best the best thing to try to absorb. Right. The, the, the thing, the entity that's the most um, similar to the British Empire, um, that being the thing you're going to have to uh, conquer through um, clandestine means because you can't do it. Um, uh, overtly, um, it makes sense. It makes sense from the perspective of a, of a dedicated British imperialist in, in the uh, 19th century. Yeah, sure. And <clears throat> so, yeah, they had the, the, the they picked they picked the fight with the Boers, which makes sense from the they want the they want to take over Kimberley and take over the gold industry, uh, not Kimberley, but the, the, 
yeah, they want to take over the uh, Transvaal, which is where all the gold is. And that makes perfect sense from that point of view. It also makes perfect sense from the railway point of view. Because uh, Let's just take take a moment to look at this from the Boer War from the Boer perspective. That These, these guys were religious refugees from Europe who'd gone out to the Cape when there was nobody there. Right. The uh, furthest most point on the earth and one of the most treacherous places in the world to be. Yeah. Just to stay away from religious persecution they in their home. Just wanted to be left alone. It's and very Dune. It's very Dune. Yeah. It actually is, yeah. And they, and they had to they had to walk hundreds of miles north to get yeah, away from the, the British. Uh, get away from the Dutch and the British. I mean there's they are Kind of, it's not to say that they, the Dutch government were were buds with them. They were running along being Dutch, and uh, so they got they 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 ended up uh, in Orange Free State and Transvaal. I think uh, there was another one as South well, African Free uh, State. But, yeah, and, and so that they end up finding gold. The worst it, thing that uh, ever happened to them. over <laughs> o- overrun with English migrant workers uh, and uh, and then yeah, and roads. Rhodes uses that. They kind of stir up uh, political problems. Yeah, he does gay that. ops, dude. He say he gets he gets feds up in there and fucking cracks it and hollows them out and figures out what the weaknesses are and ends up taking control of everything. Yeah, uh, but the the Boers were had some backing from Germany. It's certainly in terms of arms, they could buy their arms from Germany, and they had gold. And so that, don't forget about that German engineering, some of the best rifles in the world. Exactly, yeah. It beat the shit out of a Martini Henry. Yeah. <laughs> and and so the, they had these uh, great trench warfare tactics. and the, Yeah, they the invented post. trench warfare, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. It is it is the perfect prologue to World War One because yeah. you got German and British Empire fighting through this proxy of the... Um, of the uh the the african the boers yeah. the africans people and um also just the general just the general fuckery of it yeah they I literally guess, had it, concentration camps and called them that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they invented the term because they obviously got it because uh, the reason for that was that the the boers just wouldn't quit and yeah. uh and so they, they went said, full well, Viet Cong we, on them we have we have to take their women and children hostage uh to make them quit because we can, you know, we, we can burn their farms and, and all that, and they still just go off into the wilderness and come back and, and do surprise raids on us. So what, what we've got to That's do... a whole another topic, by the way. I could sit here and talk about just the Boer War for hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you could give us, if you could give us, because it is relevant, I think, to understanding the Rhodes Pill. Yeah. If you give us your, your, your uh, Boer War highlight reel. Right, so... Um, <laughs> Well, the, really, the thing the thing that with the Boer War is like the Boers were better equipped, believe it or not. They were better trained. They knew the terrain and they were used to the they were used to the kind of combat that they were doing because they had also fended off and made alliances with local Africans for because they'd been there for like 20 or 30 for a lo- wait, longer. Well, longer. Like I want to say like 100 yeah. years, yeah. For over 100 years. And um, because of that, they were like really adept at fighting in the terrain. But so what happened was, and by the way, Gandhi and Winston Churchill were at the final encounter and of the Boer War. Um, Gandhi was carrying met. water. Yes, and, right. uh, well, so was Churchill. He was a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, and uh, they, basically what happened was the British kiss sent guys. And eventually, you know, they had the boards had to give up because there's no turning this war around. We're just totally outnumbered. 
pumping in guys. But, but then the, the, the Which is the what Cecil Rhodes was also doing because he's gay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> also, the, the kind of... You look at the the Boer politics after the Boer War. Nothing's really changed. Yeah, Paul Kruger ended like, up being in charge of South Africa yeah. colony for the British. So it is mm. kind of... It is, you can see like a template for, for everything that's going on now. And especially what I'm seeing at the moment is because I see the Boer War as a preamble to World War One. And and so Germany's proving itself to be a threat to this global Anglo empire by mm. helping by offering support to the to the to the Boers, which who are being very effective. And from that moment on, at least, if not before, Germany is a like a mucked man. And this whole group of British people embedded in the British office and various colonial governments and whatnot are, from this point on, trying to provoke Germany into a war so that it can be destroyed. And that you you had, they didn't really put that project, because like I was mentioning earlier about how they altered Queen Victoria's letters to the whoever that African king was, I forget the name slips my mind, in order to trick him into doing the wrong thing or what or whatever, and they and but they couldn't do that as directly with Germany because it, it's closer to home. I think. Right. I think being being far away from home and nobody being able to stop them, they want in South Africa. Them. So and they, they they got this template for starting a war, and then they. they it, as, soon, as soon as Queen Victoria died, her dickhead degenerate uh, son, Edward VII, became like a, a he he was like the Prince Charles, Prince Charles of uh, uh, of the day. This kind of uh, idiot who's uh, flattered by the blandishments of the powerful know-it-alls. Uh, and he, he then goes around Europe uh, setting up like alliances, you know, diplomatically, as it were, against Germany. So he's, he's going around Europe, turning the whole of Europe against Germany, a thing which the royals wouldn't do when Victoria was in charge because Wilhelm was her favourite little nephew or whatever he was. He was the Prince of Peace, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so, and you've got uh, the William Stead, who was the, who was the, I think he was editor of the Times or some influential journalist. He was also he, one of he was Cesar a round tabler. dick puppets. Yeah, he's sort of <laughs> he's sort of, of of being, you know, one of the OG while Rhodes was still alive in a in a yeah. circle, guys. And the t- the Times Chile uh, instigated this multi-decade build-up of anti-German propaganda and anti-German panic, much the same as what they've been doing to Russia. It's, it's like the exact same playbook mm-hmm. uh, of how they provoke this uh, Ukraine thing is how they provoke Germany in, in World War One. I. I mean, it, it's funny, it kind of ties back into our uh, alternate World War One talk. Um, yeah. You know, it, it makes you think, well, if, if Cecil Rhodes hadn't been down there and Germany had just got to the diamonds first, maybe the 20th century would have been completely different. It, it's um, possible, yeah. Or it, it would have just it, been some other guy, though, probably. Well, I, I still, I mean, it seemed like Cecil Rhodes was actually a pretty fanatical dude and had an insane amount of gumption. And I also wonder how much it had to do with him being sickly and lower class and gay because he, 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 he sees himself as an outsider. He seems like a guy who was determined to prove himself. Um, and 
that that's what's driving him to be so uh, maniacal, to be such a, just an absolute maniac. I mean, by the time yeah. he's, by the time he's my age now, he's like one of the richest men in the world. Yeah. He, he dies um, in his forties, uh, early forties, I believe. And the last thing he says is so much to do. So little done, turn me over, Jack. Um, I thought it was, <laughs> it, it actually, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it actually reminded me of, um, it actually reminded me of Huey Long. Uh, just this guy who has this wild vision of what he wants, this, um, the, the, this empire, this, uh, uh, this vision that he has. And then I, I believe the last thing Huey Long said is I, I can't die. I have so much to do or something like that. It was the same kind of mentality. Um, and, and to me that he doesn't feel like, like the type of, he, he doesn't seem like a British aristocrat who just wants a bunch of money. He seems like he really wanted this, this world British empire. But yeah. then what I wanted to talk to you guys about is, his immediate successor, uh, Milner, who then kind of starts this Rhodes Foundation. Yeah, um, Rhodes Trust, yeah. And, and wouldn't you know it, people like you know Bill Clinton and other very... Yeah. Um... I have the full list here, actually. Please, Stacey please, please, Abrams. yes, please. Okay, we got Stacey Abrams. We got um, Rob, uh, noted Jewish goblin Robert Wright. By the way, <laughs> 410. Just check, just, just so you know. Um, and uh, who else we got? Uh, we got Eric Garcetti, the guy who's in charge of uh, of L.A. now. We've got. Oh, you said Clinton. Yeah, Clinton, He's as you the said. most famous one. Yeah. Uh, Pete Butt stuff. Um, we got uh, Leonard Huxley, Aldous Huxley's brother, who was the guy who was the MK Ultra point man in Australia. Yeah, who uh, Jay Dyer and Joy as well uh, be familiar with. Yep. Um, the guy who took over from Germany, uh, took over Germany directly from Hitler was a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Oh, the lady that Roseanne called Planet of the Apes, Susan Rice, was a Rhodes <laughs> Scholar. Uh, Tony I Abbott. Mean, uh, it's not like she doesn't look like. She you does know. look like the fucking lady from the. From, I'm sorry. Like, it was played by Kate Winslet, by the way. No, she was played by uh, Tim Burton's girlfriend. Whatever, a white lady. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, and this, I mean, the list keeps going. I mean, like, I have the full list here, but it's, please keep going. It's a who's, oh, this sure. is the Rhodes Bill. William Fulbright uh, of the Fulbright. Uh, Which then becomes another scholarship, right? Yes, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's literally so many. There's actually it's interesting because there are a lot that here's the thing. This is the here's the key element of the Rhodes pill. It's it's like basically the dialectical opposite of Q because it's the ultimate black pill because you realize that they've already infiltrated everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Well, so then the other thing is is that another like Rhodes successor group is called the Round Table. Yeah. Um, and they ended they then they were more like Nazi sympathizers, and you're just like, well, wait a second, it's Anglo British Empire world supremacy, but also uh Zionism, but also Nazi sympathy, and it's like and, and but also these like all, all well, these like liberals. Well, and, the key thing is you gotta uh, remember the, the key thing you gotta remember is it's at the end of the day, it's protecting interests for uh energy companies, banking interests, and Zionism. Those are the two, three it, main exports of the Rhodes clique. But then it doesn't matter. Yeah, but then it's like it doesn't. Ideology is completely. That's what almost I'm saying. So they, they, were, right. they wanted yeah. peace in Europe, basically after that first. So they were willing to at, to at least toy with appeasement for a while with Hitler, right? Because they figured that it would be better for business to keep him happy for. On the, it's it's the better than the term. Soviets, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Rockefeller funded Rockefeller funded the Soviets. Yeah, and so, the Chinese. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> this is a, this is the the next layer uh, of the Rhodes layer pill. of the Rhodes pill is that 
So, okay, under our rose-pill analysis, the British Empire did become global, but it just changed into being the American Empire. Right. So, so the, the global empire headquartered in America. And so, it well, can, well, it, we got to say this, though. So the Royal Institute of International Affairs was sort of like the main hub in England. It's also known as Chatham House. You may have heard of it. Um, and the American counterpart to Chatham House is the Council for Foreign Relations. Um, and it was actually founded by... Uh, a group of 150 scholars called the Inquiry, um, and they were. It was all heavily associated with uh, J.P. Morgan, um, who uh, was actually the the Rothschilds' point man into America because his father actually inherited it, gave it to him because they needed. It, basically, all of the railroads that are in America were funded by European central banks, and. Uh, we have a whole episode. Actually, just go www.historyalmost.com and check out our episode on J.P. Morgan. We kind of go in depth with this. It's kind of a whole nother topic of how J.P. Morgan actually ended up owning the entire U.S. economy based off of um, a bunch of currency squeezes and related to like William Jennings Bryan and like the Wizard of Oz and stuff. It's fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, the yellow brick. Yeah, follow the yellow brick road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so basically, there was a several currency squeezes in that basically caused the entire U.S. dollar to be in basically controlled by J.P. Morgan. And uh, to that end, um, J.P. Morgan was the American Cecil Rhodes, basically, uh, when the Council for Foreign Relations came into into uh, existence, it was mostly people that worked with him. Um, and so they the Council for Foreign Relations was the people was actually at its core were the people that went to uh, the Treaty of Versailles uh for uh Amer as america because as you know uh, woodrow wilson had had a stroke at the end of his presidency he wasn't able to go um mm. and because instead of that they sent uh representatives from what would become the council for Re foreign relations including um sigmund freud's nephew edward bernays the yeah. the the creator of public relations yes um so yeah girls to smoke Yes. <laughs> okay, so this is where, to me, it becomes like very James Bond, uh, Spectre uh, <laughs> kind of thing, where you have this from from this one British uh, uh, ultra imperialist adventure. You you spawn this whole organization, and it's this weird like Victorian era gay colonial <laughs> cult. I guess. And yeah. it, it just yeah. all sort of spreads out of diamond money. And then I, I, it's sort of maybe Cecil Rhodes' original vision is this like uh, total Anglo world supremacy, like literal British world supremacy. But then it kind of starts to hydra its way into all of these other things. Zionism, Nazi really? sympathy, uh, Americanism, you know, or like or, uh, American uh, interventionism, if, if you want to call I, it that. I, Wilsonian I don't know, I don't uh, geopolitics. Yeah. I don't know if Rhodes actually coined this phrase but winston churchill's extremely famous for using it and he he was a a, a kind of an inner circle dude as well he, he was involved in the the whole build-up to the first world war from the british uh, war office or foreign office sort of in a inner circle uh, and <clears throat> but this this phrase the english-speaking peoples is a big that's it rhodes in his in his will talks about uniting the, the the british speaking peoples and bringing america back into the back into the empire it's called the confession uh, of faith yeah and so he that, that's that's centrally the the way we explain that the fact that there's no, the 
everybody thinks there's no such thing as the British Empire anymore. There a global empire and you were British, you would think it was going to be the British Empire and you'd probably think it would be branded as such. It didn't work out that way, but it did happen. And the point looking forward is that these interests, so that, okay, the essence of it is the, the empire we live under now serves the exact same interests as the British Empire did, after, at least after it had been hijacked by its own deep state, if you will. And, and it will continue to do so after it's relocated to China. Doesn't matter. Okay. It, 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 like, so the rivalries between America and China and Russia and America or, and all, all those things, they're is, kind of fake. They do, they're not fake enough that you, you, we can't get melted in a nuclear apocalypse by it. But at the end of the day, whoever comes out on top, the people rubbing their hands together, the money guys, they've, they win whoever wins. They don't care. Well, this is exactly what I wanted to talk about next. This is next on my list, which is, um, is China the new roads you know they called roads the whatever the colossus of africa the colossus roads whatever whatever title they gave him there's that famous yeah. cartoon picture of him yeah, yeah, yeah standing yeah. um you know with his legs spread over the whole continent of africa I, you bet he was yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but now like china is buying up africa um yeah. big time china is strategically uh taking up africa and you know there's lots of, I, 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 I've, I've talked to very Z-pilled people who say, no, it's completely benevolent. It's a totally different model than the British uh, imperialist model of what China's doing in Africa, which I think is laughable. But, you know, you're saying that this, this, this is going to be relocated to China. And I think this is kind of where, uh, I, this might be where the Rhodes pill ends for me, because from where I'm sitting, it doesn't look like Britain's doing that well. Um, and it certainly sure. doesn't look like the American empire is doing that well either. No. And I, it kind of looks like the original vision that Cecil Rhodes wanted um, it, I don't, it isn't going to come to fruition. Sure. But th th this is the, the point of the, of the Rhodes pill is that the, the, these people, so that like the, the interests that are served by the empire, wherever it happens to be headquartered at the time of going to press, don't have any, they're the, they're the first globalists. That yeah. going way back, so they, they they've got no uh, national loyalty whatsoever. The, the the use of governments is only there to serve their interests as long as they're the most useful one. So, like it, it was widely expected by a lot of people in the West that the Soviets would win the Cold War, and that they had that covered. That would have been fine by them as well. That doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter who they backed the both War. sides of the Cold War and it doesn't matter who had won. They would have just went with the victor. Yeah, I mean, it just so happens that they would have had it taken over. They would have been controlling the victor, whoever it was. And it's not it's not like China's not making its debt repayments or, or, or the so yeah. Soviet Union never missed any of its of its debt repayments to the banks, to the finance houses and banks that has financed it. So it's it's not as if. It's even a, a, a long shot. The, there's, a, there's an attitude of the economy has to be managed. So that's why they thought the Soviet Union would win because it's a managed economy. It's bound to be it's bound to be more successful than this one where we're ostensibly just... It's more, it's more aristocratic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. I, it's it's arguably more their style. Um, <laughs> but this is... Yeah, okay. But this isn't... But you see what I'm saying, right? This isn't 
this isn't what I think Rhodes wanted. Like I know Scott, you said that Rhodes ultimately was just out for himself, but I do disagree. I think he was a true believer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still a self-interested, lecherous man, but I still, yeah. th- I do believe <laughs> yeah. that he he believed what he was saying. Well, I, I think I can, he. I, I can go along with that to be honest, because I. I but again, this comes back. That to goes back Rhodes to what you were saying. Is he the is the he the one yeah. with his hands on lever of power, or was Cecil Rhodes the lever of power? I mean, like yeah. it was well known that he was going to die young as well. So he'd be yeah. like the perfect guy to use for that. So I mean, I'm the Rhodes pill isn't based on Cecil Rhodes is a uniquely bad guy. It's yeah. like based on <laughs> he, look he's at just a model of how of how this stuff works. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's also at, what hip does. Maybe to the he whole was thing. used. Yeah, and then yeah. with Rhodes, it's so in your face. It's so overt. There's yeah. no like maybe that's the best part about it is that um, you, you you can find other Rhodes pills you know throughout history and especially throughout like the last hundred years but they're not as in your face it's yeah, not just it, this it, guy who's like I'm an Anglo supremacist I'm starting a diamond empire I'm gonna build my own country now I'm yeah. starting a gay um, intelligence cult <laughs> <laughs> that's going to black movie like it's so it's so overt ridiculous and then it's like yeah. well, what did what did this weird cult that he started uh, do oh it it's a it's a um, it's whatever it's a think tank basically that yeah. uh, re- recruits all of these people who then go on to do all of this other sketchy stuff right. All in the service of paying, getting lots of money for oil companies, bankers, yeah. and arms dealers. The Rhodes Pill doesn't rely on anything Cecil about Rhodes. Cecil Rhodes, really. Okay, it's just a yeah. way. It, he's a historical you know, figure you can hang it on to this way of looking at, at, at the nature of empire, and that was, uh, as far as we know, that was when it changed from being Queen Victoria being in charge and it having some sort of redeeming things at least right because because one one like lower class anemic uh british dude going joker mode and like trying his hardest to create some new british empire that is from a certain perspective that is admirable that is there's at least there's some gumption there's some vitality in that Um, creation myth yeah okay but all the the sort of backdoor stuff where it just turns into a bunch of different uh rich people literally sitting around a round table talking about i guess we'll support the nazis this week i guess we'll support israel this week i guess we'll um i guess we like china now you know this kind of yeah. crap we'll it's, it's not very it really is a it's, fa- very it's, a, it's a fairly left of center analysis of capitalism um honestly but it's just like we kind of put a face to it you know kind of you know the game uh degrees of kevin bacon cecil rhodes is kind of like the kevin bay like how many degrees of cecil rhodes oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so like for instance like cecil rhodes you get from cecil rhodes you get alfred milner from alfred milner you get you get israel you got uh the council for foreign relations you got from the council for foreign relations you got jp morgan so therefore you got the trilateral commission you, therefore you got bill gates therefore you got klaus schwab there you know yeah, what right. I mean? and it just ends up you end up reeling like oh my god all these people are only two guys away from cecil rhodes every right. time all the, right. like bill clinton is two cecil rhodes away from cecil rhodes <laughs> yeah. and so is klaus schwab and so is xi jinping he is he yeah i i I definitely saw that once you get into that genealogy and you see where it's like both it it is pretty wild that his direct protege um authors the balfour declaration and then also the group immediately after that becomes like the nazi appeasement people um i mean this is another topic we've we've had differences on before spirited discussions is that we we claim that the that the entire global system is a kind of fascism so we call it global fascism because it doesn't have nationalism in it it's got this sort of these people it's operated by people who see themselves as above nationalism i would but just is, i mean you have I, these corporations that know no that no absolutely no uh international boundaries operate truly globally and are 
completely enmeshed with every government system in the world and they've okay. taken the, the corporation have taken on the governments because they've got the monopoly on violence it's just it's the, it's really just and this is going to be me getting semantic and pedantic but yeah. the only thing that would bother me about that analysis is the use of the word fascism because everybody loves to pull out this quote it was a favorite during the bush era um where mussolini says fascism is the merger of corporation and government right, right. and people love that quote being like see that's what fascism is it's when capitalism takes over the government but that's not really what mussolini meant and he, you know he didn't he, when he meant uh, the merger of corporation and government he meant the the state becoming one single body corpus body um he in you know you can appease business interests to a extent like they're not you know the whole third positionist thing is they're not uh you know liberal bourgeois capitalists but they still they're they're still not communists either quite and you know actually you know fascism had a lot of disdain for the kind of what what it saw as like being the soft bourgeois consumerist life it it wants people to be part of this single healthy quote-unquote body it it wants it wants a disciplined um state um, I don't know if I would call what we have today, the, the weird kind of global capitalism we have today, I don't know if I would call, I would use the term fascism. Um, it, it's, uh, and I don't even know if I would call it imperialism. It really is aesthetic either. at the end of the day. Well, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> the, look, on the subject of this, the, okay, this, the state stroke private uh, conglomerate. I mean, that's how I look at it. We have a, a a guest who regularly comes on who, who knows all about superhero movies and stuff like that and there's I, i'm always like like um keen to to bring it up when he's on the show is that you've got all these sort of conservative uh commentators going oh my god they've brought another spider-man movie or whatever it is uh, and how how long they're gonna go get woke go broke they're not going to make any money on this on mm. this bilge and blah, blah blah blah. But like the money, at, at what point do you not realize that the money's fake? They've printed trillions of it in 2020. That, yeah. that I mean, I don't think it's true, but like it's, it's something. It, it's getting there. Of the there was a claim that the half the dollars that had ever been created were created in 2020. No, that so is that, true. That's a stat. The, the the point is the that money, the money that we've that we are enslaved by isn't real at all the only the only real and, and like cryptocurrency isn't real the stock market isn't real that's all just inflated by this bullshit money and, and another thing that's inflated by that bullshit money is the land market but land is real and so the conglomerate <laughs> so the, the conglomerate operates us the the spider-man movie is there to change you it's, there it's a to war change for your, your mind. mind yeah uh, 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 it doesn't matter if it makes any any dollars or not, because the other part of the the, the, the BlackRock part of the conglomerate is buying your fucking land off you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're make, how can the world cl- close down for two years and property prices go up? It just doesn't make any kind of sense in any mm-hmm. anything like a free market. It, it's impossible. The, so the, they're and look at your. You can say, oh yeah, your wages are going up or inflation's going up, but look at it priced in land. Or I mean, even even stocks, the same. Yeah, that's what they call real that, wages. Real wages are plummeting, and the le- you can do less and less with. Yeah, sure, wages are quote unquote going up, but you can buy less and less land and buy less and less stocks. The only two that are things that are going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I guess the other thing is is for me when it starts to get sort of into the uh, 
autistic libertarian area no 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 more of the <laughs> more of the autistic puppet master stuff oh, okay uh, where, where, where you can start making these genealogies and you could start uh baconing and as like you know like kevin bacon right i, I call it yeah. pounds of bacon you start accumulating pounds and pounds and pounds of bacon with all of these connections you can make through these genealogies of of power um the thing that gets me though sometimes is that when you a kind of conspiracy and causality problem where is it and, and kind of like what we were talking about before with uh, was he the lever or um or, or not was he controlling the, the yeah was he yeah. was he the one pulling the lever or, or, or was he the lever being pushed um is that yeah, that's definitely open for debate i would say that because he's people have heard of him he's probably the lever yeah <laughs> <laughs> what i mean is it's sort of like i also think that rich people kind of like to get together and blow smoke up each other's asses, both figuratively and literally. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's Davos, baby. <laughs> I think sometimes what they like to do is they, they kind of just like to take credit for what is already happening in the world. Uh, you know, the world is already becoming a more technological place. So it's easy for them to get together and say, oh, well, in the future, it's going to be we're going to be cashless because the world is already kind of becoming cashless. Mm. Um, it's kind of where I stop being like a conspiracy spurg and go back to being like a Marxist spurg where it's like all of these these things are already happening. It's already in the um you know, the, 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 the material means of production, the physical means of production. And uh, maybe it's just sort of a indulgence for rich people to kind of take credit for these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, the whole like CIA and abstract art. It's like the abstract art, you know, people like to talk about the CIA funded abstract art. And it is true to a large extent. They definitely yeah. were, were writing checks to um, Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock and also the MFA program, because I almost, uh, I, I, when I was signing up for an MFA program, which I never did, but when I was signing up for an MFA program, somebody told me the CIA started the MFA program. And I was like, I've never heard that. That sounds kind of silly. And, and I wouldn't look it, it up. And it's totally true. It's totally <laughs> yeah. true. And the whole point, but the thing and about Miss it is- Miss Magazine, Gloria, uh, yes. Gloria, yeah. But <laughs> I sort of, I, I, I forget his name, but the guy who actually started the MFA program, uh, the Iowa workshop in, in the US, he goes to the CIA basically and says, I'm going to start these like radical, cool, this radical, cool, anti-communist, you know, intellectual art form way of writing. That's all about, you know, personal subjectivity and it's dynamic and revolutionary in a way that the stuffy old Soviets and communists could never be. And this in the CIA says, okay, great. They give him some money. But to me, I, I think it's like, that's, that's more He's grifting. a bullshit artist. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, more yeah. grifting than anything else. A little, and calm, then, a little calm A, a little calm B. There was already, yeah, there was already going to be abstract art. The hippies were already, I mean, there was, there right, was going but to Max, be. Maxwell, also on the other hand, by funding dog shit grifter art, you're yeah. ruining the culture. Yeah. I mean, that. <laughs> and creating yeah, a false like they perception they that that's good too, by the way. Yeah. They um, could have funded a revival in, uh, you know, Michelangelo type art. But the reason why I ended up leaving my writing program, and this is true, is that I was writing a story that took place in a futuristic dystopian China. So the characters were Chinese, right? As you right. would expect them to be. And the you my did, you, you didn't didn't want to write them in the voice. <laughs> <laughs> my advisor called me in, the guy who was the boss of what I was working on, or my whatever, who's supposed to be my my coach or whatever. Yeah. And he started the meeting. He started the meeting by asking me if I identified as being Chinese. Wow. Now, you guys can see me right now. I am a six foot, 220 pound ginger. Uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone would ever mistake me for being Chinese. And I was just kind of like, this meeting is going to be painful, right? Yeah. And so the whole, the whole meeting was about, is it basic? Is it okay for a white person to write about fictional Chinese people? And I was just kind of like, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> 
I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm in GMI. I'm not going to make it. I can't do this anymore. Right. But what was funny to me is that, yeah, you had like the kind of CIA Western liberal bucks, but then the, the type of people who ended up joining, you know, the type of people ended up embracing that uh, art form would definitely consider themselves like hardcore leftist Marxists. And I think you end up getting the worst of both worlds. Yeah. They, they become like solipsistic communists. Um, where, where somebody writing a story uh, about fictional Chinese people living in a dystopia um, right. is, is somehow, you know, uh, racist or whatever. And um, I guess my point being is that I don't, it's easy to sit and draw really straight lines between like Cecil Rhodes and all these other things. And maybe it's useful in, in, in seeing it as a model, but this is what always gets me with conspiracy theories is that I, I always think that it's, it's actually a lot messier than it seems when you just like sort of sit down there and um, uh, start drawing lines on the, sure. on the uh, Rico case. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like you're saying with the, with the backing of art. I mean, it, it they back, the CIA is backed a lot of things that didn't make any difference. They're just kind of saying, no, oh, let, let's have a punt on this. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, the round table got behind a load of things that didn't go anywhere right or you know but they, they they're just trying to, they're doing that picking winners kind of idea and you know everybody knows when you're picking winners you often don't but right. you you're behind well, the ones that do win it's funny because you know all of these sort of like intelligence agencies and think tanks and whatever you want to call them they're kind of like record labels and they're going around and they're, they, sure. it's it's very rare that a record label is able to create a musical movement from whole cloth mm. um i can't think of very many at all actually but they Stock what they Aiken usually Waterman. do <laughs> what they usually do what they usually do is they see a movement is growing and then they say okay you know it's like the sex pistols there was already a punk movement and then um who was it emi was like we're gonna EMI. make we're gonna make sex but we're gonna make a punk band and they put out a casting yeah. call and made well i mean there's also pretty good evidence that the cia is behind the whole punk movement and malcolm <laughs> mclaren was associated with a cia backed uh terrorist group from england and like we could go into that whole thing but <laughs> but, but but wouldn't it be but it's kind of the same it's the same dilemma where of course they have their finger in it but then they sort of they they, they sort of put their finger in everything because yeah, they're I wealthy know, to yeah. begin with they're wealthy to begin with and then th they can afford to put their finger in everything and then they can sort of take uh credit for anything that happens after the fact yeah yeah but i mean th like they're putting their finger in everything for a reason you know you gotta you, you gotta at least consider the idea that the outcome was the desired outcome, or at least part of a range of desired outcomes. Yeah. Mm. They, they wouldn't back it if they thought, well, this would really go against our global imperialist uh, interests if if this received funding, so let's fund it. Yeah, the I, there comes a point where you have to realize the irony that you're calling us tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists <laughs> for thinking that the government is efficient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a smidge of irony there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I've had that conversation with my family. That you, like, you, you oh, it's a bit. You, you sound a bit like a conspiracy theorist because you're not blaming everything on incompetence. Yeah, there has to be. <laughs> there, there has, has to, to be, be something yeah. has to be come off. And like you said, that they are. I, yeah, they, they they've got their fingers in everything, and but they, this, they haven't got that's, their fingers. That's part of it too. In, is like, go ahead. Sorry. 
there are many positive things they could have a finger in that they don't. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Then you come to the realization that all of society is, or all of all culture is managed because all these corporations own all the media companies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That is not a secret. That is very much openly a fact. And they're pushing values that, you know, like, uh, frankly, in my opinion, and again, this is subjective, are anti-human. They're against uh, a lot of people's morals, um, and further, um, they push, uh, to me, negative outcomes such as wars, um, such as uh, desires to inflict economic pain on other people for political reasons and I all mean, this other stuff. And like families breaking up. I mean, like not to I really we don't we try not to talk about COVID anymore because it's over. Mm. Thank uh, thank you, Chadamir Putin. But um, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the, but the fact of the matter is, like, that was that was a fucking Kafka-esque nightmare we were all forced to endure for fucking two years. And it, like, just literally ripped apart families. It, it like, ended careers. It, it did all this stuff. And it, and it's it's all because society is so unipolar. Mm-hmm. This, is, uh, this is what I uh, personally fear. This is what I struggle with, is that it, the, the thing about the thing about the ultimate puppet master stuff is that when you see how like a lot of QAnon people have taken this, where no matter what happens, it, it, it still factors into kind of this endless yeah. feedback loop of what yeah. they think um, was going to happen, no matter what, even when the plan completely blows up in their face, that's all part of the plan as well. Yeah. And, and the wheel will never, ever stop turning. And yeah, I, I fear deeply getting sucked into that kind of vortex. And I sure. also think that now, um, you know, why, the reason why I call my podcast Schizotopia is because um, I would get I, my original meme page. I would get insane. Um, <laughs> I would get insane schizogenealogies about how Andrew Yang was a secret fascist, and then also about how Andrew Yang was a secret communist working for China. So, like, Beast. depending, yeah, <laughs> it turns out he's both. Both um, these things can be true. Both yeah. these things can simultaneously be true yeah. uh, if you take the roads build. But yeah. um, what was funny to me is that I, I started to see everyone instead of everyone having their 15 minutes of fame, like Andy Warhol said, everyone is going to have their own personal conspiracy theory because yeah. this is the other thing, the blue and on people, they'll never call themselves this, but they are the people who think that Russia's behind everything. And right, the people yeah. who, you know, think that uh, the Clintons are, are wonderful, blameless people and everything that's said against them is part of a vast right-wing conspiracy. They, they have their own alternate reality that you cannot talk them out of. And I mean, anything Russia's that a, happens, Russia's it's that same wheel again, everything that happens when they fail, it's not their fault. When they succeed, it's because they were right all along and, and so yeah. on and so forth. And that freaks me out. That freaks me out to live in a world um, uh, of kind of like a universal uh, conspiracism. Um, yeah, well, well, I mean, the, um, the, the blue and on thing, it, it's like Russia is the perfect. I mean, it's been it's just mwah, chef's kiss. It's the perfect conspiracy vehicle, as it were, because it, it, it this what's going on in Ukraine now just demonstrates that you kind of. Uh, America first type, uh, like the MAGA guys would say, oh, it, they still associate Russia with being communist. But to the, the blue and on types, it's this it's reactionary Trump. right wing. Trump. This is what Trump wants. However, is, that, will, is I, that Russia takes Ukraine? I will say, I will say, though, I, I don't think that I don't think it's going to work on the conservatives. I don't think the conservatives are going to go no. for the anti-Russia stuff. They, they, it's there's no way. I, I don't think I don't think they're going to get on board for, for the new Cold War stuff, which this is where it gets really weird, because now 
uh, all of the uh, the liberal types, they have to completely 180 on everything, and suddenly they're they're pro uh, war. That's men, why, that's men, men with guns fighting in the street. They're pro. <laughs> so all yeah. of a sudden, they have mm-hmm. to be pro uh, pro um, American Empire. Pro they ha- they have to become yeah. the the patriotic nationalists. I'll ju- I'll just explain how hypocritical this is, and they'll let us go. <laughs> <laughs> It's wild. I mean, like I, one of our big things that we really hate is uh, conservative saying. Yeah, I hate conservative. That's how really, hypocritical. Just, for those who are listening to this, who are unfamiliar with us, we mostly talk shit on conservatives, being just such fucking boneheads yeah. at all times. <laughs> yeah, and here's the other thing: is like I, I mentioned before that it's the dialectical opposite of um, of of the QAnon, and that it's the ultimate black pill, but. Um, I think, and this is, let me pivot a little bit because I think we're probably wrapping up pretty soon to like sort of what our show is about. Our show is not uh, about Cecil Rhodes every week. Um, our show is, um, is it, it's, it's a, we like to focus on what you can do. Like, here's the thing. Like you can get sucked into like fucking, uh, like you said, the genealogies and stuff and you start hating people and you start realizing that life is hopeless and all this stuff. And that's a really lame place to end up. We are at the history homos podcast. We are not a politically uh, oriented group of people. We uh, don't endorse any candidate or group. Um, We don't uh, advocate for any uh, policies. Um, We just like to say racist jokes, (laughs) have a good time and talk about history. Um, So, and that's, and that's, that's pretty much like, yes, it's the ultimate black pill to think about how like this group of oil companies and bankers and arms dealers literally rule the planet and, you know, and, you know, at the snap of a finger could debank you and have you homeless and dead and all this great stuff. But at the same time, it's like, you can't focus on that, man. You got to just figure out, you got to make your life as good as it possibly can. And you got to have a good laugh sometimes. Yeah. Um, and uh, you got to make friends and you got to have kids and you got to have, you got to just spread happiness <laughs> as much as you can to everyone you can. And uh, and that's what they hate. They, they hate you and want you dead. Yeah. So don't give them the fucking satisfaction. Take the homo <laughs> pill. Take yeah. the homo pill. They, they want you broke, dead, your kids raped and brainwashed, and they think it's funny. Dialectically, so don't give them the satisfaction. Dialectically enough, the cure for the Rhodes pill is actually the homo pill. Yeah, oh, yeah. there we go. Yeah. All right, guys, where can people find you once again? Um, I guess uh, we'll do I'll do a condensed version of plugs. For the audio version of the show, check us out wherever you can find podcasts. That's iTunes, Spotify, you know, all the places you can find podcasts. For the video version of the show, uh, we're, of course, we're on like Bit Shoot and Odyssey and stuff, but mostly we want to direct you to www.rockfin, that's R-O-K-F-I-N.com slash History Homos, where you can get uh, any of our free episodes, our normal feed episodes uh, that come out on Sundays. And, you can watch uh, you can watch our free uh, free Sunday episodes on there with no sign up or anything. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like, like YouTube. You go on yeah. and you click it and you watch the episodes. There's several with Maxwell, so check those out first. Yeah. Um, but and then also uh, in addition to that, we have a weekly bonus show with no topic where we just sort of talk about um, you know current events, stuff that happened to us, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, that is for an extra fee. You can subscribe to our channel. And you get that weekly. And then also uh, you get access to every uh, other creator on Rockfin's content. So you get people like Jay Dyer, Whitney Webb, 
um, Monica Perez, uh, Ryan Dawson, uh, Owen Benjamin, if you're into that, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Sam Tripoli, um, a whole bunch of, uh, and also like a bunch it's of basically, like, it's like, there's lots of conspiracy, lots of maga, lots like of a, wrestling, yeah, all that kinds kind of pills, of any pill you could ever yeah. want is on yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> Testosterone pills. Um, but, uh, yeah, so get that, get over there. And, uh, other than that, I don't know, uh, follow us across social media at history, almost pod and William will talk to you. Yeah. And, and join that, our, um, on the sort of positive mindset attitude, or I hate the word mindset, but that the, uh, you know, what Scott was saying about not letting them get you down. Uh, don't let the smalls get you down folks. Yeah. So, uh, join our, uh, telegram chat, which is t.me slash history homos chat where you can meet your future Guantanamo Bay inmate friends. Uh, and uh, we, we are actually planning it. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but th- th- there are plans afoot for us to build our own compound where we can where we can live in peace and harmony with one another. Away from global get... homo. Yeah, yeah, those always end but, so well. Those always yeah, end for so a little well. while before we get set on fire by the ATF. <laughs> it's, it's the, yeah, or, or, or before you start your own gay call, which is what, it, yeah. probably, yeah. what it's really going to turn into. Yeah. <laughs> Could be worse. Could be worse. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott, William, thank you so much. Um, and thank you. Bef- and before you go, William, could you, just, could you just sing a quick rendition of Robert Tanya for us? <clears throat> My country, tis of thee. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, there Later, you go. That's homos. Proof positive. Right. <laughs> <laughs>